Hey Simo, have you uh, have you heard what Charlie Lambdin calls purple bricks? <laughs> no, <laughs> but let me guess. Purple. No, it, it's not purple. Okay, so uh, how about purple? Eh, close, but no cigar, Simo. It's purple. Right move. The Property Podcast with Andrew Simmons and JP. Well, Simo, I think it's uh, reasonable to assume that uh, a certain Charlie Lambdin is fuming. He's waiting in the wings. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, in our green room right now. <laughs> of course, uh, Charlie was uh, very recently uh, on uh, GP News, hasn't he? Char- Charlie's made the telly. Yeah, Nigel. Nigel didn't invite me, but uh, you know, I was I was glad to see Charlie on on there. So you know, f- fair play. And uh, I think Charlie's getting some um, some some very good publicity at the moment for uh, calling it as it is. Mm. Uh, you know, and 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 out there we there is a there is a lot of change in the market as as we know um, from a load of areas. Uh, and I think yes, vendors, buyers. Charlie's listeners are essentially and and you know to an extent hopefully our listeners are going to appreciate the advice that we collectively give uh, rather than listen to uh, a load of guff as mm-hmm. Charlie puts it as well elsewhere well he's barrage the farage so he's gonna sorry everything has to rhyme on GB news I don't know why they do that but they just seem like a good idea I dare say at the time uh, so he'll do the same to us in Charlie says which is exclusively exclusively in this episode about purple bricks the story that just won't go away now all right my sort of my rough handle on this simo is that uh, it's it's up for sale charlie has his thing about that obviously you're you're going to bring your views to the podcast on this as well yeah definitely yep yeah. well, i had a bid in the negotiator recently as well about it and the sale uh, so yeah absolutely uh give you my opinion we were, I, I really like this this uh, uh, interview again another cracking conversation we're going to be speaking to toby greenhow of uh, of savills and uh, just just, just re- remind us will you uh simo of, of, of how we kind of found toby so one morning i uh i happened to see toby's piece to camera on uh, tiktok yeah. uh talking about uh, a really great initiative dealing with uh, wheelink homes and the the properties that they were building uh, or are building uh, you know properties that are built rather than on site built in the uh in the factory and you know that's a, a really interesting concept etc cetera, etc cetera. so um yeah we, we we had toby on well we had we had we link homes and, and on to discuss those and and toby was selling them uh so hence the uh, the video that we we clocked I think that he's got, you know, for uh, both sides, for house buying public and also for the sector itself, he's got some really fascinating things to say about the way, you know, I guess the role of an agent, the way that is just, you know, still evolving and the kind of things that you are expected to do in his shoes and those of his colleagues. So Toby Greenhow, uh, we'll get him on for that conversation uh, very soon. And also, all right, this isn't strictly property, but I know uh, this is something that's happening not very far from you at all in sort of a slap bang in the centre of Bristol, pretty much. And that's uh, some people literally dipping their toe in the water of of Bristol Harbour. Is that right? Well, so I've heard. 
but I'm not so sure that I'd even dip my toe <laughs> in the water of Bristol nah, Harbour. Nah. Um, fair play to anyone that does want to, um, but I was always told uh, as a kid that uh, Bristol <laughs> Bristol Harbour water was the dirtiest water around. Um, and, uh, you know, I have had my fair share of um, trips around, yeah. uh, around the docks, whether that be in a, a water taxi or... Um, uh, when I was at school uh, doing my naval cadets yeah. uh, down in the harbour there with uh, various boats, um, I refused to windsurf in the docks for fear of falling in. Mm. Um, <laughs> but um, yes, uh, it may be very clean these days, but, okay. but who knows? And money changing hands, so we'll investigate that. Do you know what? You were probably warned off by one of the original Charlie Says information films. <laughs> Charlie Says, don't swim in Bristol docks. Well, there's certain advice that I take from Charlie, but, I mean, you know, that's uh, that's yeah. going a bit far. All right, well, we're also going to go to the docks, not dogs. You're with The Right Move. Subscribe to us now on all major podcast apps. We are about to hear from Charlie Lambdin, who... Well, there's no other word for it but rant. He is going to rant about the, uh, the the situation right up to date with Purple Bricks, which Simo feels like it's almost a bit of a an expletive at the moment. There's lots and lots of very negative things being said about Purple Bricks, how people were treated on both sides of that, uh, staff, vendors, uh, and obviously this proposed sale. There's a guy offering a, a quid for it. We'll come to that in a second. But you have uh, given your two penneth in uh, uh, the negotiator online, negotiator.co.uk. Yeah, I did, and and actually, do you know what's funny? Because well, I didn't know it was being, uh, it was it was going out, and uh, I um, it came up on my phone one morning saying brutal industry reaction as Purple Bricks looks for new ownership structure. And um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, a few of the people that have, have, have commented in in that that article have been quite brutal uh, more so than me although i would say that you know really my view on purple bricks is that you know 20 20 plus now years ago you know, the dot-com boom um was there and everybody was uh, taking services and products online you know and, and they had an initial element of success at that point um you know they were they were played on the fact that they were cheaper than a high street agent and and all that but you know there are certain failures, you know, they they were really, really, uh, they were taking fees off people at the beginning mm. without sometimes often selling the property. Uh, and, and it made it sound, oh, we can sell our house that much, much cheaper. But um, what it also failed to recognise, of course, uh, and this is something that nobody's really talking about, is, is that it's a faceless business, mm. Purple Bricks. Um, you know, they've, um, they've had no... Um, impact on on high street agency frankly it has proven that actually the whole um situation with purple bricks is that we high street and traditional agency is far better regarded and should be you know at the end of the day one one prime example is you just you know, you you have sales progression. Uh, you don't pay until the property is sold. Um, you know, and 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 there are, it's 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 far too easy to just whack a few photos on a portal and wait for the phone to ring. That is mm. not what proper professional estate agents do. 
there is an art to selling property uh, and it, it it's sadly you know yes online there is an online focus of course you know we have to advertise as agents online and we have to because that's where people sit and and actually um portals like right move mm. uh are the bane of agents lives in one sense because uh you know this would be a slightly uh, a slightly different rant mm. but you know the amount of money that i pay through my businesses to right move is phenomenal mm. uh but unfortunately they have the monopoly charlie will say it all in in, <laughs> in his in, in his in in, in, in yeah. his piece and then and then some similar and then some I, do you know, I read through the, that, that piece that you contributed to in The Negotiator, and uh, one of my uh, takeaways, if you like, from that is, is that you think one of your points was that the, the Purple Bricks business model is, was almost 20 years out of date. I mean, can it or should it be saved? Well, I think where that type of business has now evolved is into a little bit more of the sort of American stroke Australian uh, focus, which is quite um, personal uh, and, and 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 franchised. So, you know, the the face of a of an agent on a board, and uh, it is so and so selling this property. You know, being almost that personal brand, um, and you know, I think I think that is where uh, those purple bricks agents have had to work under the purple bricks banner. Uh, as opposed to some someone else that might be working under another uh, banner, but is a self-employed agent. I think that's the only real way that Purple Bricks could be saved. Uh, and it's interesting because the one pound offer uh, has has alluded to that. We are, I think, we're changing. I don't think you can really sell a property now through a call center frankly which is mm-hmm. is what purple bricks basically is and, and, you know it's interesting because even we're recording this the day we're recording this overnight there's been another article about it where we're now hearing that more that worried purple bricks customers are contacting traditional agents because they're worried about their sale not happening this is an ever evolving story and w- what we say today even by the time this is published as a as a podcast will probably things will have moved on and changed again yeah, quite so. And um, I think it's uh, fair to say that Charlie of Moving Home with Charlie and Best Agent has built a rather large uh, soapbox for this and is about to rant about uh, Purple Brick. So uh, shall we bring him on, Cinema? Yeah, let's do that. Charlie says. Charlie says. Charlie says. I have a passionate loathing of bullies exploiting vulnerable or underinformed people for example and by the way whether they mean to do it or not whether it's intentional harm or not doesn't matter to say that you didn't know you were going to hurt people is not a defense okay and you'll see why i'm saying that in a moment so one of the original founding investors of purple bricks was the chap who founded Wonga.com. Do you remember Wonga.com? Wonga.com was a payday loans company that charged astronomical thousands of percent APR. And although what they did when they launched wasn't technically illegal at the time, it hurt so many people, the government had to change the law to make it illegal. Because no one up until that point had been that either stupid or 
callous that they would lend people who are so desperate for money, money at those rates, in order to make a profit. They were literally profiting from people's misery. And the fact that the Wonga founder was one of the first investors in Purple Bricks kind of tells you what you need to know, okay? So Purple Bricks comes on and goes, hey guys, um, we'll sell your house for you, no commission, woohoo! By the way, there's a fixed fee, uh, but we're not going to say the fixed fee out loud in the adverts because then you'll think we have to pay us and then we'll have to admit that we actually charge you up front and then we'll have to admit that we charge you whether we sell the house or not. And that's why they had so many adverts banned by the Advertising Standards Authority, including one that I complained about because people thought Purple Bricks sold your house for free. It was so misleading. And had they not got away with that misleading TV ad campaign for so long, they would never have had a business at all, right? It is purely that that's the reason that they got so far. Now, tens of thousands of people put their trust in Purple Bricks to sell their house, handed over their money once they realised they had to pay, which they did when they signed up in the early days. Hence, Michael Bruce had to appear on Watchdog to apologise for his staff signing people up to consumer credit agreements that they didn't know they were signing up to. This is how shoddy and shocking and dodgy the whole outfit was. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we'll do better. Were we signing people up to consumer credit agreements without telling them? Yeah, okay, suppose you were. All right, yeah, well, I'm here to say sorry and we'll do better. He went on to Radio 4 and said that they were selling 88% of the properties they listed, which was a barefaced lie. And my passion and fury about Purple Bricks comes from the tens of thousands of people that they took money off without selling their home. And it was false hope that they were selling. We'll sell your house and we'll save you money if we do. Who wouldn't go for that proposition? But a lot of people are under, just don't understand that selling property is difficult, complex, fraught with pitfalls, and needs a real professional handholding to, to get it done. So what happens? Jeffrey's stockbrokers, when Anthony Codling was there, did a study, and they reckon that the public sold 48% of what they listed. So more than 50% of the stuff they listed and got paid for, they didn't sell. They were also caught red-handed manipulating Trustpilot reviews. For example, they were getting sellers to give them a five-star Trustpilot review just after they'd listed the home. Yeah, we're really happy with public service. Well, but they haven't sold your house yet. Oh, well, they're going to, aren't they? Well, maybe. And if you're lucky, they'll sell it. Um, uh, but the luckiest you'll get is that they'll probably get you 4% less, on average, than other people do. And GetAgent did a study... And that was their data. It was back in 2018 or some, somewhere there about that on, not just public breaks, but all online agents were on average achieving 4% less than conventional agents were when selling a property. So even if Purple Bricks did sell your house, which was a coin toss as to whether they did or not in the first place, you were going to get 4% on average less than if you'd sold it to a conventional agent who wouldn't have charged you anything up front. Now, I'm the first one to criticise regular estate agents for poor conduct, but nothing that any estate agent I've ever known has done has come close to the wholesale rinsing and borderline theft, not only of people's money, but life opportunities to get themselves moved on to the next house in their life where they've got to move on because they've got to get kids into a school or they're changing job. They were playing games with people's lives for profit. And the Bruce brothers checked out with 70 million quid between them, 
basically the proceeds of all the people who suffered. And it wasn't just their customers who suffered. Their LPEs, the local property experts, some of whom were outstandingly good agents, right? But unfortunately, they were, they were paid commission only. And they were, there were some that gave stories of doing horrific hours, you know, and, and not getting to see their families just to try and hit targets. They didn't get any expenses. They didn't get any basic salary. They were working, 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 working for commission only. And in the end, those LPEs have brought a class action against Purple Bricks to sue them for things like holiday pay that they should have got and other stuff, sick pay. They they were exploited. These LPEs, the Purple Bricks staff were exploited. I don't have anything against the people who worked for Purple Bricks out in the field, right? Because some of them were actually very good. And I know, for example, recently in Coventry, apparently Purple Bricks in Coventry actually sells twice as many properties that they list compared to Connell's, which is pretty shocking for Connell's. So this is why my, my point is that you, know, you can find good agents anywhere, even in companies that I don't like. I don't like Purple Bricks as a company. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. But if you get somebody who happens to be the best agent in that area and they work at Purple Bricks, then maybe there's an exception. I also feel very sorry for anyone at Purple Bricks who's going to lose their job over this. I, it, it's terrible when anyone loses their job but it is a salutary warning and i can't believe there are still people out there saying that maybe purple bricks has a future if you think that based on their existing model right by the way I'm, if you mean just take the brand and, and, and change into different kind of state agency well i don't know what's going to happen if that happens but if you're talking about maybe it's still viable as a pay anyway pay up front fixed fee estate agency no I think we've had enough years to show that this doesn't work. Purple Bricks, who had the biggest market share of all the other agents, still failed and is going to lose £20 million this year. It was Dell and Rodney finding their antique. They checked it in they, they, the, the auction. They got their money and thought that they were golden after that, which is why, and I know you've had one of the Bruce Brothers as a guest on here. I don't know the guys personally, and I'm sure that personally they're very nice people. But in terms of the damage they have done to the property industry, the damage they've done to estate agents, the damage they've done to estate agents' income, forcing fees to drop by, by saying that agents overcharge and, and perpetuating the myth that estate agents don't do anything for their money. Good riddance. And you can fill in the blank with whatever you like. Good riddance to the Purple Bricks business. Not the staff. None of the staff there at the moment are, are responsible for what the Purple Bricks has done. And I've got nothing against the staff of Purple Bricks. But as a business and as a brand, no brand I know has done more damage to the estate agents and home movers in the 25 years that I've been in this in this in this industry. No other brand has done so. They are the Enron of the estate agency industry, and I hope the brand vanishes and we never see from it again because it has just hurt people left, right, and centre. And a few people cashed in and got very lucky, and they should feel ashamed of themselves. So. I get very, very wound up when I see innocent people being exploited and having their life chances hurt by people who are either too stupid to know that they're hurting people or don't care. Either way, not okay. On all the key podcast apps, you are with The Right Move. It is the leading property podcast with Simo and JP. Wow, uh, Simo, I think uh, <laughs> he had a fair bit to get off his chest, old Charlie. He's going to lie down, breathe out, to exhale in a darkened room now. With an intravenous drip of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, he'll have, he, he, can, he can have a, a talking pint with Nigel again. 
<laughs> well, you know, <laughs> whatever. I'm there. Exactly. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Uh, right. We're going to uh, swiftly get into uh, our next piece on the podcast, which is um, a guest who has just been so great uh, with us. Really, really helpful. Really amenable. So uh, thanks to to Toby for that. Uh, you want to tee this up, Simo? Toby, we, we we've spoken about Toby, and uh, yeah, he is. Uh going to chat to us now about his experiences and uh you know how we how we got how we got to talk to toby hello i am toby greenhow from savills director of savills new homes division toby fantastic to have you on and the first thing that you should know is that we we now know you in podcast circles as tiktok toby (laughs) (laughs) well it's uh it's it's wonderful to be famous for something i suppose (laughs) Now let's let's tie this back. Adam at Wheelink Homes told us about your uh, TikTok, and obviously, um, which we'll come out to in a second. But uh, your extra work, because he was he was kind of making a comment about you know how good you were, the one take wonder, etc. Um, so and I know we can't go into sort of specifics, but just give us a bit of a, a flavour of that to this this extra work, if you will, Toby. Well, I kind of fell into it really. I got wind that there was a a um a big Hollywood movie being produced just down the road from me and being being an inquisitive agent I thought well I'll just go and find out what it's all about <laughs> and ended up kind of getting a very small role as one of the extras in the background and got recast in a couple of different uh, couple of different um, guises and then um, that's led on to to doing a little something else with Netflix Oh. Which um, is still in production, so I can't talk about it at the moment. But I'll, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> I will be appearing in the, in the very corners of your screen, perhaps later on this year. Okay, so there's there's more we can't say than we can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. All right, I'll we'll have to. Uh, mm. Steer the conversation back to the, uh, yeah. the joys of property. Yeah, I'll, I'll just imagine all these fantastic and salacious things you've said. Oh, the, oh, that A-list Hollywood star. Yeah, that's quite. <laughs> really, do they? Indeed. Now, um, has is it fair to say that uh, that that's, uh, those experiences have further enhanced your your on screen confidence doing the socials for um, for the property uh, at all, Toby? You think? I do you know. I'm not sure. I mean, I think um, I don't think I'm particularly a, a natural in front of the camera. It's it's really interesting how agency has changed so much that we have to now be. We have to be sort of video presenters. We've got to be um, content creators. It's so very different from how it used to be, where we, you know, our, our role was very much picking up the phone and speaking to people and showing people around houses. Now we've got we've got all these new strings to our bow. But it's yeah, it, it, it is interesting. It's interesting how you know just the the evolution of the industry really. I... It um you know it, it, we used to film the interiors of houses, and now it's much more about presenter led content so people will engage much more with somebody talking to them you know about it rather than just panning a camera around in the in the in the different room so it's changing all the time be interesting to see whether we'll end up having to produce sort of um broadcast quality um feature film sort of clips for properties just to keep pace with what everyone else is doing i can i can see that the toby greenhow tv channel coming soon on the horizon <laughs> or one of those uh digital channels in the early hours of the morning i mean, I mean do you know I, I kid you not toby i don't know whether this is something that you've seen in, in uh, particularly the area that you tend to work in but um near me i've i've seen for sale boards with a particular agent that also has a i guess the kind of passport 
type photo of the agent dealing with that particular property on that and their name. And there was one uh, called Stuart Little. I kid you not. <laughs> well, I think again, it's um, there's a, there's a lot more, um, you know, there's a lot more of these American type um, realtors mm. springing up in the UK, um, and and so that there's a there's a whole different um, style of agency appearing where the where the agent is the star yeah. and the brand that they work for, or less so, which is very much the American and the Australian model now. Whether that will become mainstream over here, I'm not sure, but it's it's definitely you know there's definitely room for that type of agent. So Toby, yeah, let's just put the socials and, st- and stuff to one side for a second. But how are you finding selling new homes in particular at the moment? Well, look, I mean it it, it um it's going to be more of a challenging year, I think, for all of us this year. It um it it's be, it was going great guns up until we had the mini budget last year. And I think it's fair to say, really, a lot of our clients, and us included, saw saw reservations really fall away quite rapidly in the in the last quarter of last year. And I think that was, you know, it was a combination of things. In fact, it it come hot on the heels of the end of the Help to Buy scheme, which of course, um, you know, had been instrumental in keeping the um, new homes industry going really for the last eight or nine years. It was, um, I think, famously described by the the former chief executive of Countryside, as the crack cocaine of house building, because all of the house builders were, you know, they were addicted to it because it it really did enable them to generate many more sales. Um, so that ended really for, for new help to buy reservations at the end of October, just about the same time as the mini budget happened. So it was a sort of double whammy really that we that we faced in the back end of last year. But, you know, I'm pleased to say we are starting to see some green shoots of recovery again rates of sale rates of sales starting to creep up but i wouldn't say it's easy and it's certainly um you know understandably um you know it, it, the cost of borrowing having gone up that means it's 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 perhaps not an option for everyone to buy at the moment and people are concerned with what values might do um but you know for for us it's all about getting the message out there that, in fact, the, the, our whole marketing campaign, our message this year is quite simple. It's if it's the right home, it's the right time. So why don't you give us a further window into your roles? When you market old properties, there's often talk of what you can do to it, you know, knock through there and extend there, good old Kirstall's. But that's not really the case with new properties. So presumably that shapes your marketing? It does. I mean, I think there are, some people that will always prefer to buy an older property um, because they like the like the style. Um, but increasingly, as as older properties are becoming more 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 expensive to run, and 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 the the concerns around energy efficiency are sort of um, edging up the um, the wish list of people when they're looking to buy new homes. Provide not only that plug and play option; it's ready to go from day one. You're not going to spend months and months down at the DIY center, you know, buying and, uh, and, and improving the home, that um, the, the convenience of buying a new home with the energy efficiency makes it quite an appealing proposition. And also, I think, um, you know, moving home is very stressful. And in a, in a competitive market, people, I think, um, in the sec- certainly in the second-hand market, 
There's a lot of competitive bidding for homes. You're not sure whether someone's going to be gazumping you and it's a lot more stressful. I think when you buy a new home, when you reserve it, that's it. That's your reservation. And unless you don't meet the sort of various timescales to conclude the transaction, you've got the certainty that you're going to be buying that home. And I think, you know, it, it takes a lot of stress out of the um, proposition of moving, particularly if people are moving areas, they're moving jobs. That's one major transition in their life. And if they're moving to a new area, buying a new home, it, it, there's a lot more certainty around it um, than perhaps buying, you know, a secondhand home and being involved in a lengthy chain. And uh, that that reference that you made there to uh, soaring energy bills, energy crisis, as the, the media seem to have termed it. Um, does that mean that uh, the green homes, the modular homes, which then in turn brings us back, of course, to the wheeling homes, is an easier sell now? Are people more attuned, Toby, or are you kind of still having to do quite a lot of spoon feeding to, to make people aware, to get them attuned to the more efficient homes and the modular ones? So... Energy efficiency and the green premium, as it's been described, has been has been in the market for a number of years. And a lot of house builders have been experimenting with various degrees of um, energy efficiency to see really what the market will um, what the market wants, what the market will pay a premium for. And I think going forward, it perhaps is less about a green premium, but more about possibly that brown deficit. So if a house is energy uh, inefficient, then it perhaps won't make as much in the future as it perhaps will make now. People um, have a shopping list of what they're looking for where they're buying a home, of course. It might be it might be budget, it might be size, it might be near where they work or school. The running costs of it were somewhere in the mix, but they perhaps weren't necessarily... Um, at the at the at the top of that list, mm. um, we very fortunate we sell a lot of Georgian rectories and lots of period property that have the heat retaining properties of a sieve, and yet they're very popular and perhaps always will be. But with with new homes and people's concerns about energy efficiency, if they're driving an electric car, they're already on that journey, and I think. Um, it makes sense to buy a home that's going to be as efficient and work as hard as it can for you to to keep the cost down. Sadly, I think our energy bills are probably only going to be going in one way. And um, you know, if you're buying for the long term, you you want a home that's 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 going to be efficient to run. So, one of those other hats that you wear is to consult to the housing sector. So, tell us what are those Toby words of wisdom uh, for, at the moment? I think the um, what what's coming down the pipe is is not just um, the generation of energy through through PV, but what we what we're starting to be asked a lot more about is energy storage. So that's that's the big thing that we'll see in our sector. So it's it's the it's the home battery. It's being able to power your home in the evening from the power that you've generated during the day while you're at work rather than perhaps feeding it back into the grid at a lower feed-in tariff rate because those rates have, have come down. So I think the dark art is going to be generating and capturing energy, perhaps even sharing it with your vehicle. So you've got power in your car and perhaps you're plugging your car into your home grid. So there's going to be a lot more of that to come and a lot more of that in the future. And I think we'll see as more and more people switch to electric cars, obviously 
wanting some form of electric charging point, which we'll start to see um, mandatory in blocks of flats and new builds that um, the provision of uh, electric car charging will become the norm. But but energy management, I think, is going to be much more of interest to people. Let's finish, Toby, on something that I'm sure that you and your colleagues and many people um, in, the, in the sector are bombarded by, I suppose, uh, almost all the time now, particularly with, with social media, etc. But there are all sorts of, uh, of self-appointed pundits, aren't there? Commentators, expert analysis forecasting, vastly varied, uh, varied percentage house price drops. And I mean, do you have to, <laughs> pardon the pun, insulate yourself and your colleagues from that? Do you just kind of plough on no matter what? Or do you listen to stuff and, and take it in? How, how does that work? Well, as a business, as a brand, Savills uh, were quite bold with their um, with their forecasts for this year, mm. and we were we came out at the back end of last year with a with a realistic forecast that we might see prices fall by ten, eleven percent this year, recovering next year. Now, as a headline, that understandably sounds quite scary. Um, the reality is, of course, that that's rolling values back to perhaps where they were only in the spring of last year. And with a recovery coming next year, it brings that back into question. Well, you know, it's still a good time to buy. In fact, for buying new homes, it's probably never a better time to buy because house builders have got houses that they need to sell. And if rates of sales start to dip, the incentives that they offer start to increase. So actually, in terms of why we're advising our clients, you know, to carry on and buy, is you'll probably never get a better deal than you will now. You'll probably get a slightly larger negotiation discount, but you may well also get a host of extra goodies, a deposit contribution, or if it's a new home, you might get the carpets thrown in or your legal fees or the garden turfed. And probably when the market strengthens as we go through the year, you're less likely to get those incentives. So, so actually, you can negotiate a really good deal. So now is the time to buy Fantastic, uh, Toby. It's been really great to to talk with you. Thanks for you know all your uh, your wisdom and and also expertise. But of course, uh, you know, keep up the great work on TikTok and in the movies. <laughs> we'll keep uh, we'll keep uh, we'll keep the channel on Netflix or wherever you are next. And uh, yeah, we wish you all the best for uh, for you and your colleagues selling properties uh, for the rest of the year. So yeah, great to talk to you. Thank you very much, and you. Thanks there, Toby. So that's Toby Greenhow of Savills talking to us here on the Right Move podcast. Selling, buying, investing, and you making the right move. So, I mean, what about this idea of, of uh, the agent is is the star, Simo? You know, you kind of, I can imagine you pulling up to a viewing with a, like a flashy neon sign over you, <laughs> and, <laughs> and what with an arrow, an arrow down on my head that hey, says "me, me, me." Andrew um, Simmons will see you now. Yeah. Uh, what about it? Well, do you know what? It's funny because I, um, I do think it is a very personal um, business mm -hmm. uh, agency, uh, and, and I think choosing the agent to represent you doesn't matter about the brand above the door. Um, but uh, it is it is important that you um, have good a good team to help and to you know make sure the business is stable and it is growing well. This sort of idea of the the individual um, is 
not new. I mean, obviously, mm. it's very American, Australian, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you do in this country, you do buy into who you you work with. Now, you know, I I operate two very small independent uh, businesses, and they are yes, they have a brand value, but actually, it's the person that is going to to support mm. the uh the vendor uh now you know you can't win them all and all of that but but ultimately yes i think it's a it is definitely a way forward um and there's a there's a place for it i think there's more a place for that type of agent than there is for the the likes of the purple bricks agent mm -hmm. um you know that that is operating purely as purple bricks um you know i i and and in uh, in my area, there is a uh, a guy that operates under another uh, national uh, franchise, but he's you know he's a, he's a, a an individual, and it's everything through the social media is about him. Mm. Um, there's a lifestyle thing; it's like what he can do to support you and things like that, and that's very true. But you also get that in a slightly more traditional high street business as well um and i think i i would sooner as a as a vendor be more interested in dealing with a high street business that has a team around mm -hmm. it as opposed to one man that's working from his bedroom uh and who is uh who, who's who's if he's unavailable yes you can leave a message sometimes when the chips are down yeah. in a transaction especially when you're getting close to exchange or, or 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 the period between exchange and completion the stress levels ramp up yeah, massively of course. and you really need to be able to talk to to people now i make myself available uh at my my mobile numbers on my business card anyone could call me at any time and i think actually giving that opportunity to someone enables them to call you when it's appropriate but these days most people do respect family life mm, and i think mm. covid has has had a big impact on that um but but going back to the original point yes there's a place for that agent but i do think that the place we still have in the uk a very traditional yeah. way of working agency yeah and and, I, and ultimately it's <sighs> I suppose quite a fine balance between you know you wanting somebody that that's got the kind of can do that has integrity that you know gets the the property sold clearly at a at the the price that's agreeable to to those concerned um but that you know in this day and this day and age has a profile but you just you don't want to be overawed by by ego and narcissism like you say that it's all about me okay really really interesting stuff Simmer. thanks for that um our, our very last story just to quickly this it, it has a vague link, I suppose, to property just, and that's that residents of Bristol, well, some of them brave enough anyway, being charged to swim in Bristol Harbour. How, how does that work? Well, I don't know, because most people that swim in Bristol Harbour end up being hooked out by the police, having been floating. <laughs> but um, it's oh, uh, I, I don't know how they would uh, get it in unless they're going to uh completely um fence off the whole of the harbour mm. um or, or are they saying that a small section of the harbour is safe to swim in um i i don't know Seven. i mean it's i think it's it's a it's another money spinning um uh you know champagne swigging socialist idea around the bristol <laughs> uh 
environment that we've got and it's uh in a in a way um how can it work well good luck if they they wanted that it's a bit like the green the, you know the, the new clean air zone that we're getting uh, yeah, you know yeah. But money spinners, I expect, for the council um, and uh, and all that. But there's plenty of safer places. That, I mean, even Clevedon's Lido, you know, out there or Western Supermare's got that. It's not far to drive from Bristol sure. to, 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 to swim in some slightly cleaner water. I'm not sure that Seven Estuary water is that much cleaner either. But, you know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> going to be cleaner than the docks, whatever happens. Yeah, I, I, I think... It's uh, going to be seven quid, I think, seven pound to uh, to swim in uh, in the dock area. Um, well, look, I I, <laughs> I I I know I know what I'd rather spend seven yeah, quid on, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, you know, but uh, hey ho, each of their own. Is, is, is Colston still down there? Do you think? Is it what? Is, it, is Colston still down there? Oh no! Please don't. Blah, 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 blah. No, 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 let's not go there. Hello, I'm, I'm Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was nice to my mum, honestly. <laughs> next time, next time on the podcast, if we're allowed to return, <laughs> what are we doing next? <laughs> a conversation with the head of an organisation that you are a big believer in. We've got somebody next time called Ian McKenzie on, haven't we, Simo? Yeah, Ian coming on from the Guild of Property Professionals. Yeah, I, 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 I'd like to see Ian bang the drum a bit on uh, with regard to the Guild as as membership. You know, and I, 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 I'm a big believer in it. I have two uh, two agencies that are Guild members, and you know, the chosen members in 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 the vicinities that they operate. Yeah, uh, and that's a real nice thing to have because you know we're we're well respected and regarded but but it i think you know it's it's about trying to explain to people as well what what's the benefit of of a guild member you know what what do we what do we give and and hearing that from the head of 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 the guild ian who's the chief exec of of the guild is um will be really uh eye-opening i hope yeah be top drawer well thank you to uh to charlie to tiktok toby of course and to your good self as well don't for the cap uh, until next time simo 10-4 jp